to the Blooming Inspired Podcast Network. Now, here is your host. Welcome to Accidental Hope. I am your host, Jennifer. This is a place where we seek hope and build community after a serious accident or trauma with a faith perspective. We are hope seekers. Let us open our heart and receive the message we have for today. Welcome back to part two of Accidental Hope. Continue the discussion with Jay Louder. Last week, we finished up with part one. So if you didn't hear it, please go back and listen. It was was powerful and authentic and so much scripture and transparency. So I know that you will love it. If you didn't hear part one, I can't wait to share with you how the discussion ended and um, what we learned about brokenness and about the church and about how things can fester if we don't bring it to the surface and how God is going to use your story. Your greatest pain will become your purpose. Your resentment and hatred, which destroys nothing but you. Yeah. Yep. And, you know, one of my favorite quotes of yours when I was preparing, you said the quickest way to grow old, hard, and sick is to refuse to forgive yourself or someone else. And that includes the circumstance. You're right. In the point of your surrender, you found hope. Yeah, and and, and as I said, you know, I, I want to be real and say that there are still, I'm still healing. Yeah. I'm still healing. It's been a year and a half, and my wife said uh, December 5th, my daughter begins uh, injections in her spinal cord for all the fractures from all the steroids she took. I mean, so there are days, I, I don't want your listeners to think that I've reached this place of summited Mount Everest of faith and every day I'm faithful. No, it's not true. There are days that I still struggle. Mm-hmm. There are days, but God has reeled me back into the point of the remembrance of, I want him to be my God regardless. I have nowhere else to go. And I say what the disciples say, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. And mm-hmm. at the end of the day, um, there's a scripture in Second Second uh, Corinthians one three and four. I memorized it years ago. It says, "I'll quote it to you." It says, "Blessed be God, even the Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercy and the God of all comfort." And this is what verse four says, and it's key. It says, "Who comfort who comforts us in all of our tribulation, so that we may be able to comfort others." with the same comfort we ourselves have received from God. So let me break that down for your listeners. Number one, it says, blessed, blessed be, great, happy, blessed is God, the Father, Lord Jesus Christ. He's the Father of mercy and the God of comfort. Then the next thing it says is that he comforts us in our tribulation, in our pain, in our sorrow, in our misery, so that when he brings the comfort to us, which obviously we all want to happen day before yesterday. And sometimes it's a day, a week, a month. Sometimes it's years. But when he does bring that comfort, we are, not, we are then to take the comfort that we have received from him as a medicine to give to others from the same comfort that we've got from God. He gives us comfort that we can pass on to other people. And so no one wants to hear this. People used to say, well, you know, Jay, listen, at one point you're going to be able to take this story and you're going to be able to take this pain, and God is going to use it to help other people. Now, at the moment, I'm going, I would not trade helping others for my daughter's suffering for any other reason. But at the same time, I've got to realize that God allows pain to be used as a platform. Mm -hmm. That oftentimes, your your, your greatest ministry is found in your greatest struggle. What you're doing right now is evidence of that. God allowed something to happen, 
And we don't know all the ramifications of it, but we know one of them is taking place right now. You and I together are trying to help other people because Amen. we have walked through a living hell. Right. And if no other thing comes out of it, we are doing what God says we are to do and what he wants the person who's listening that just found out their husband walked out having an affair, lost their job, lost their health, got a bad diagnosis. God is saying, it may not be today, but in due season, I am going to bring a certain level of peace and comfort, a certain level of healing, whether it's in this life or the next. And I want you not to just feast on what I have given you. I want you to pass it on to other people. And so again, for a person who right now is in the midst of pain, if you told me this in the middle of watching my daughter scream so loud that my sons could hear it in the waiting room, literally down the hallway, I'd say, I don't want to hear that. Okay. So that, that message may be for some of your listeners today. And that message will be for some of your listeners who are not there now, but who will be there in the months to come. And what greater thing to do than take the weapons that Satan brought against us and use them as weapons to attack him from the very same attack he brought on us. Amen. Yes. Oh, and that is the mission. And that gives us the, the will to keep going, right? And to do this hard work and to be transparent and to, um, to lay out all the mess and, and I commend you because you talk about it in the darkest hour. You talk about some of those things that you're going to go through when you are experiencing all these emotions, even as someone who is a believer, you know, a non-believer would like, well, you just don't understand. And it's like, no, we understand are Christians who want to harden their heart and not realize who the enemy is, who God is and trusting him. And I remember those days where I couldn't see past the day. I couldn't see past the week and I, and I'm still, you know, healing as you are, but you know, you got trust and I hear that in your voice and it's beautiful that you're still in it. You know, December 5th is a, is a ways away, you know, and that you're going to trust him in that future, uh, future healing, even in the midst of that struggle. And that takes time and we all come to it in different places and that's okay too, which which is awesome. Thank you for, uh, for saying that and sharing. Well, that. I think it's important for too long. The church has been a place of masquerade. And so we don't want to let other people know that we are struggling because we want to put up a front. Halloween happens every Sunday. It may not happen in the form of candy, but it happens in the form of costumes. And so we don't want people to know that we want others to think we've got it all together when the truth of it is what other people need to know is I'm struggling as well. Mm. Church wasn't meant to be a place as a put on or a, a group of fellowship of believers, but it was meant to be a place where people could be open and honest and share with one another their struggles so that we can encourage, edify, and strengthen each other. But that's often not what happens. I got an email last night from a guy I've known for years and he said, Jay, um, I have not told anybody this. It's been going on for two to three years. Uh, I don't think my marriage is going to make it. And I've been too ashamed to tell anybody. Well, I applauded him for being transparent with me. But what I wanted to say is, brother, Satan's chief goal is to do the very thing you're doing, which is to isolate you. Because anytime you're only as sick as your secrets. 
Mm. And when God, when the enemy begins to isolate you for fear of what others may say, may they judge you, may they, what they might think about you, then it gives the enemy the uh, greater ability to attack us because we don't have the shield of others' prayers and their faith. I'll, I'll tell you right now, just talking about being transparent, um, this has not only been hard on physically and emotionally and spiritually, it's been hard on my marriage. I started marriage counseling with my wife in less than two weeks. Now, some people will say, oh, gosh, I wouldn't want anybody to know that I'm going through marriage. Hey, I don't, I don't have a problem with uh, letting people know that. Matter of fact, uh, I would say that most people know that you need to go to marriage counseling anyway. They change right. their tires. They tune up their car. Right. Well, why would you not tune up your marriage? But again, right. another scenario where, gosh, we don't want anybody to know. We want everybody to think our marriage is going. I don't really care what you think. What I care about is the long-term health of my marriage. What I care Amen. about is, is being honest and open and vulnerable. And what I care about is having other people pray with me, shield mm -hmm. me, and, and, and move along with me. Mm -hmm. And so there may be some of your listeners that feel a certain degree of shame because there's an addiction or there's uh, some secret that they've been struggling with. Hey, man, it's time to come out of the closet. That doesn't mean you have to go on uh, Facebook. And, and, and No, we're talking about surrounding yourself with godly people, um, being accountable to other people, being open with other people who you trust, who are trying to walk with the Lord, who are trying to follow the Lord, that are not going to go around gossiping about you, but are going to pray about you and lift you up. Right. I mean, there's got to be some discretions there, obviously. Right. Oh, and then bringing it out to the open, just acknowledging it like you did with the Lord, too. Just saying, look, I am frustrated. I'm angry. This is this is what I'm dealing with. You know, show me the people that I can trust in this and and just taking that first step. Do you have, you know, a message of, of hope? I want to be, you know, um, respectful of your time. You know, do you have a last minute, just a message of hope? I mean, you've shared hope. You've given us that, that authentic, be honest, get community. Uh, don't be afraid to be real with God because he's still going to love you through it. And I, you know, when you said something about the father and the difference of like saying God, God, and, and crying out in, in my own suffering, I saw as the parent, the suffering was happening with my daughters. Um, and I remembered how much it, it wrecked me. And I, I could also think about how God, he calls me his daughter. Same thing. I had that, like, he can't be the enemy because if he's really my father, then he is wrecked with me in going through all this. Do you feel like you learned that too? Just growing deeper in your faith, obviously. You told us the turning point. Have you reached that hindsight or you feel a deeper connection to the Lord? Do you have that message of hope? Like if you're in the trenches, I'm in the trenches, but you have that little glimmer, that little sliver of uh, well, hindsight. Well, yeah, I would say, first of all, again, I mean, it's full authenticity with me. I'm still, still healing even now. Okay. And I would tell you that my spiritual life is still not back as strong as it was before this happened. I'm a year and a half down the road. But you know what? I haven't quit. You know what? I still love the Lord. Yeah. I may not be where I want to be. I'm not where I'd hope to be, but I'm not where I was. And that in and of itself is a victory. Mm -hmm. uh, the fact that I haven't jumped ship, that I am no longer angry at God, that I haven't turned away from him. So to me, that in and of itself is a victory. Now, again, there's still a lot of room for growth and uh, a lot of room for healing. And sure, I wish it all happened a year and a half ago, but it hasn't. But I'm fine with that. 
No, you know, I, I want to, I want, I know that this is a journey and I know it's a marathon. It's not a, a 40 yard dash. As far as hope goes, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to revert back to where I started. And to even begin a relationship with Christ, the Bible says it's impossible to do so without faith. You can't even ground zero starting gate is in order to have a relationship with Christ, to be adopted into his family, to be one of his children, you have to begin with faith. Mm -hmm. And so my message of hope is, is asking God, maybe your listeners are going, oh, that's, that's all well and great, but I don't have faith right now. Hey, I've been there. I understand. And that's all right. But there's also a wisdom in saying, God, I don't have faith. There are days I'm so mad at you. I don't even want to have faith, but down in my spirit, in the core of who I am, I know that I need to trust you. Maybe today I don't trust you because I'm so angry because I'm so let down mm -hmm. because I feel like you failed me. But the truth of your word doesn't change. Hebrews 13, five says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. You may feel forsaken. Others may tell you, you have been forsaken as Job's own family did. But just regardless of how you feel, does not change the fact that God has never turned away from you. And no, the answers may not come in this life, may only be the next life, or they may come next week. Who knows? But all the Lord is asking you to do is to say this. Will you believe in me even though I've allowed you to be injured? Remember, every single solitary, I defy anybody listening to this podcast to show me one example of the greatest people that God used from Genesis to Revelation that he did not allow to go through a major time of brokenness. God can never fully use someone until he has first fully broken them. Mm -hmm. And in every case, their brokenness was the catalyst for God becoming great. You see, the thing is, nobody wants to be in the lion's den, but it's the lion's den that made God famous. Nobody wants Goliath. We try to pray our Goliaths away, but it's the Goliath that made God famous and made David strong. Mm -hmm. we, we could keep going. Whether it's yeah. the lion's den, whether it's the fiery furnace, whether it's instance after instance, it was a time of brokenness that preceded God doing the greatest of things. You mentioned Lazarus earlier. Mm -hmm. I can guarantee you, if you talk to Mary and Martha, if they could get on the podcast today and you said, would you, if you could go back in time, would you erase the fact that your brother died or would you keep things as they are? I can guarantee you with everything that I am, they would say, we would still want my brother to die. Even though we were heartbroken, even though we felt like the Lord failed us, mm -hmm. we saw the greatest miracle in our entire life through our greatest pain. Yes. And that's what God wants to do. If we will hold on to faith, he wants to show the greatest miracle that he ever had. I referenced the story earlier about uh, this storm. Well, you remember the end of the, the, the story? Jesus gets up and he speaks to the winds and the waves. In all of history, only 12 people have ever seen anybody speak to winds and waves and immediately calm them. Mm. If we could ask the disciples, hey, that day when you almost died, when you were panicking in fear of your life, if you could change it, would you have alleviated going through the storm? Every one of them would say, no, I won't be in the storm as much as it hurt. I'm glad I went through it because I saw a miracle I otherwise would have never seen. Listeners, Amen. listen, listen to me, listeners. Before there is a resurrection, there is always a crucifixion. Embrace it. I'm not saying it's going to be easy. No. I'm not going to say that it's not going to hurt. 
But God is a good God. And even though maybe you can't trust him today, that's all right. Pray and say, God, give me that hope. Help me to trust you. I'm not there yet, but I want to get there. And if you're not there today, it's all right. Amen. Yes. Oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, All the yeses. All the yeses. Thank you. Thank you for that message. Okay, do we have a second for a fun question or no? Do you need to go? Absolutely. I I got all the time in the world. I've cleared out an hour for you. You are so awesome. Thank you so much. You have no idea how I was just like, yes, he said yes. You were one of my stretch. I just, I just appreciate your time. Okay. So here's my question. I love goofy questions. Okay. Well, all right. So what, you know, with the high stress and travel and and all the things that you, you stay busy with, what's something that you do that you enjoy that kind of gives you some soul care that kind of helps refill your cup? Is there something that you enjoy a hobby or anything? Uh, easy question. Some of your listeners are really not going to like me when they hear this answer, but it is what it is. I am a avid fisher, fisherman and hunter. Matter of fact, I've hunted probably three of the last eight days. It's deer hunting season right now. Oh yeah. So, right. In Texas. Uh, yeah, I love, mm-hmm. yeah. And I love people. Um, I do. And we're, we, we're, everything we kill, we eat for those people that are already angry. I mean, uh, <laughs> we, we don't just shoot things for the heck of it. We eat. Matter of fact, we cooked deer meat two nights ago, venison. But uh, as much as I love people, it's a way for me to get in the great outdoors and to get alone because even though I love people, I also like seasons of getting away from them. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That nature just, I mean, can't you just really feel God out there in the morning when it's like dark and quiet? And uh, no doubt. yeah. Yeah. Okay. So here's the other one. Um, you travel a lot. And so is there a country you haven't been to that you feel God is calling you to? Oh, you like yeah. to go to? I mean- yeah, I mean, there's several places that uh, I mean, I've been to a lot of places. Um, I love the UK, uh, one of my favorite places to go. I love Africa, um, but yeah, if if even though I have been to Africa, I would like to go to South Africa. I'd love to go to Cape Town, and I've always wanted to go to the Middle East. So yeah, those are two places that I have yet to travel that that uh, that are, are places of definitely of great interest for sure. Awesome. Okay. So the last one is, do you study the Enneagram? Have you ever looked at any of those personality things, like done a personality assessment? And if you have, uh, would you share who you are or what you are? <laughs> I don't mean to laugh. I don't mean to laugh because no, I, I, I've not even heard what the, the, the moniker, the, the name that you gave. Okay. It was the Enneagram. Enne- yeah. Enneagram. Yeah. yeah. I've never even heard that. So no, um, I've never, never done anything like that, but I mean, I'm pretty, the people that know me know that there's no question about, I, mean, I, I just know who I am and I know what motivates me and I know what I'm called to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm a type A guy. I'm, I'm a, I'm a fighter type guy. I'm a real go getter. Um, sometimes to a fault, you know, um, my greatest strengths are often my greatest weaknesses, like everybody else. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, so yeah, type a a guy, I'm not really much of a nurture, kind of more of a prophetic guy. Um, I can, I can rub the feathers the wrong way. Um, and I'm super driven, you know, as an evangelist, I've never been on staff at a church. I was invited to take uh, over a mega church, not even two months ago, church running about 3,500 but I've always been in full-time evangelism. What motivates me is sharing the gospel 
not the Baptist message, the Methodist message, Presbyterian Assembly of God, whatever. It's the gospel message. That's the true hope. Uh, the gospel message that there is life, there is forgiveness, there is healing, and there's a God who loves people if they're willing to turn away from their sin and put their faith in. And that's really what, it's not what I do, it's who I am. It's, mm. I, I'm, I'm an evangelist and I love evangelism. And nothing cranks my motor more than seeing people. To me, the greatest miracle is seeing unsaved people born again. And, and, and it's, it's the sole motivation for what I do. Oh, that's a good answer. And that's all that matters. That's all that matters, truly. Well, at the end of the day, and I, I, let me say this, and I know we're not talking about this today, but since you hit on it, I do want to say this. At the end of the day, there's a lot of people who are miserable doing what they're doing. And, and that doesn't mean I don't have days that obviously I don't dread getting on an airplane or flying across the country or missing another um, life event with the family. But at the end of the day, when you're in the middle of whatever it is that God has called you to do, even though there are difficult days, it's the greatest satisfaction. And what I've seen in my years of being on the road is most people are not happy doing what they're doing because they're not in the center of God's will. Mm. And so I, I, you know, again, I know today this is not the message that we're trying to care, but I carry, but I do want to mention that God wants you in the center of his will more than you want to be in there. And he wants to reveal his will to you more than you want to know it. And there is no greater satisfaction than, you know, people talk about how important it is to know when you were born. No, it's not. It's why you were born. That's what's important. And when you know why you were born and what your mission and what your purpose is in life, that God wants to show everybody, you get in the middle of that and there will be a level of satisfaction that, 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 that can never be accomplished in any other way. Ooh, yes. I questioned why my accident happened. And when I found out the desperation of God's people feeling completely abandoned or living years of shame and guilt, feeling like there's no hope, no resources, they don't deserve to live. It's weird, but I feel like that's my why now. Right. Well, you're a perfect example. We talked about that earlier. It's taking your pain and turning it into a platform. Again, we, we mentioned it through the scripture. I mean, we're still reading about Daniel thousands of years later of uh, being thrown into a lion's den. We're still reading about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego who went through their own fiery furnace, who, by the way, were never burned. They weren't even smoking. The only thing that was burned was the ties that held them. And God wants to burn a lot of ties that are holding people who are listening to, to this podcast. And so what made those people great and what made those people, people that we still admire and we still read about, is they didn't allow their trial to destroy them. They allowed their trial to become a megaphone for God Almighty, mm. which is exactly what the Lord is trying to do through you and through what you're doing right here today. Wow. And it's not just for you and me. It's yeah. for every single everyone. person. Listening. Absolutely. Yes, everyone. Absolutely. Ah, Jay, thank you so much for your time. You made my whole day. Well, week. I've been excited since you said yes. And so I can't wait to share this with the listeners of Accidental Hope. And I really appreciate it. Honestly, I'm honored by that. And you know, what's really neat about it is how this whole thing was orchestrated. Um, I mean, you didn't know me. You'd never heard of me or my ministry. I didn't know you or what mm -hmm. you had gone through. Mm -hmm. and, and look at what had to happen to bring this podcast together. I mean, 
somebody who you knew, who knew somebody that I knew, who was following the story of my daughter, wanted you to read something that I wrote. I mean, there's such a fine line here. And again, for people listening going, well, man, how could God ever use my story? I mean, I'm not a person who, I'm not like, Jay, I don't speak to millions of people. I don't write books and I'm not on national television. Well, hey, this is living proof about how if you're willing, God will connect the dots. And it may be through some weird, strange way as it is today. Yeah, but this you can't is make it God up. Works. Absolutely. <laughs> right. Absolutely. So, you know, at the end of the day, I just hope you listeners understand it's not my story. It's not your story. This is really about their story mm-hmm. and about what God wants to do in and through them. And again, they may not feel that today. That's fine. That's okay. Just hold on. Hold on. And, and when you can't hold on, that's all right. God still loves you. Mm-hmm. God still loves you. And if you can't pray, I want to, man, I quit reading my Bible. I quit praying. I went weeks without praying. Okay. Oh, that's all right. You know what? The Lord, the Lord didn't turn his back on me. Nope. I don't even think he was angry at me. Letting me, uh, letting me deal with my own scenario. And it was just waiting for me. See, it's important to remember that you can never hear someone who's whispering unless you're close. Mm-hmm. And the Bible says that sometimes God is heard through the whisper. And sometimes the reason we're not listening is because we've not gotten close. Get quiet quiet and get close. Mm -hmm. There you go. So good. (laughs) So good. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. That concludes our show for today. Thanks so much for joining us at Accidental Hope. Be a hope seeker. I pray that you would seek hope and share it with others because something inside of you, the message, the testimony, something that you've experienced the story of overcoming someone else needs to hear. Thank you so much for joining and I hope to have you again next week. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Accidental Hope Podcast on the Blooming Inspired Podcast Network. This show airs on Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Central Time. Please like, share, and subscribe to this podcast. To learn more about this podcast, its network, or the ministry of Blooming Inspired Network, please visit bloominginspirednetwork.com and click the podcast link at the top of the page.